Why would you think you I need your penis? The Holler Kings. Where the horrors southern fried. Hello, I'm Craig. And I'm Adam. And we're the Holler Kings. The motherfucking Holler Kings. It's true. That's right, baby. It's the horror podcast with the Southern Draw. And, okay. I like it. Uh, we are going to discuss a movie you brought to the table, Mr. Adam. I did. What was that film? That film is glorious. Everything all right over there, my friend? I'm not much of a bathroom talker. You're not in the least bit curious as to what I have to say. I'm just not into conversations with random dudes hiding out in bathroom stalls. No one is coming to help you, friend. Anybody! So you're a god living in a rest stop bathroom in a stall that's glory hole adjacent. I am he. I am that God. Now, I do want you to explain briefly yep. how this was grandfathered into our specific lane of Southern horror. I feel like um, it's pretty obvious, right? You know, I mean, it was shot in Mississippi. <laughs> Literally, that's the only DNA that's it. That's that, it. that grandfathers this in. Yep, that's it. For sure. And, and what's the setting of this film? A... Bathroom. <laughs> it's it's a public highway rest bathroom stop. Yeah. rest stop, which it could be New York State, it could be Utah, it could be Tennessee it almost, or Mississippi. Right. I mean, it, it's not very specific to the South. However, <laughs> damn it, it was shot in the South. So you are justified in bringing this to the table. I felt like I was justified. Yes. I would never have brought it to you if I wasn't. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> But what what really drew you into this? What why did Call you watch back it? To pray. What? <laughs> oh yes, pray. Where you were insisting? <laughs> yeah, the Comanches. At one point, they were in the South, and I was like, "What? Are you sure?" So, what what drew you to this material, and why did you pick it for the podcast? I came to it because, uh, well, my obsession with Rebecca McKendry, I guess, or and Elric Kane in general, Colors Out of the Dark podcast. Yeah. Or Colors of the Dark. Uh, this is a movie that she directed. And so I've heard them talk about it on the podcast. And finally sat down, because it's on Shutter, And finally sat down to give it a watch. And I was like, yeah, man, I really like this. And then I remember her saying that it was shot in Mississippi. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I think this is one to do on the podcast. Oh, and also, uh, Dr. Rebecca McKendry is actually from the south she's from uh winchester virginia so um she checks out to be you know southern filmmaker she, she's a professor yes. right because she's like a doctor yeah she's she a, a, she's a do dr rebecca mckendry gotcha yeah she's done a couple other movies one of them i've seen her and her husband david mckendry who co-wrote glorious mm-hmm. did uh all the Creatures Were Stirring, which is like Christmas anthology gotcha. horror movie. That's also on Shudder. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. It's been a while since I watched it, but I remember enjoying it. And then she did one that's like a Lifetime movie that's 
called Psycho Granny. Really? Yeah, I haven't watched it. Literally, literally a Lifetime movie? Like it was I'm, literally... Yeah, liter- oh, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And obviously she yeah. has a lot to do with Fangoria, right? At yeah, one point, yeah. I she, she's she worked anymore, with Fangoria. But... Um, I know the podcast is kind of through, you know, presented by them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she used to work for... Fangoria and all that, yeah. And you, you've led me to that podcast. I haven't listened to it as much recently, but that was like bread and butter for a minute there for me, where I was, you know, really listening to that. So it's interesting that I think I did hear the rumblings of we're going to shoot a movie and and that sort of thing, because I think when I looked this up, it was shot just in February. So it literally was shot this year and dropped just a couple months ago, I guess. Yeah, in August or something like that. Give us a synopsis yeah. of Glorious. Um, well, we follow a young man, uh, classic Adam. I don't remember his character name. Wes. Wes. Yes. How could I forget that? It was obvious because they say it a ton. Mm. Um, but Wes, who's on s- some sort of, I guess, kind of road trip. It's never any type of destination, never really specified. Uh, but he's definitely um, headed somewhere, and he makes a pit stop at i guess after nearly falling asleep at the wheel he uh finds one of those little rest stops that you can find along highways and uh decides to use the bathroom and is then trapped in there yes well you i'm pretty sure he had a bender before yeah he did right because like when he goes into the bathroom he's going to vomit Right, he's vomiting. He has no pants on. Yeah, because uh, he burned he burned an effigy basically the night before and got blackout drunk, what including was the, his pants. <laughs> what was the effigy of? Who who is he? Um, well, we don't know exactly at that point, but we kind of get an idea of like a former girlfriend right. or wife or something along those lines. Yeah, he's getting over some kind of relationship that's fallen yeah. apart. Yeah, and uh, poor Wes. <laughs> Wes is in the bathroom puking his guts out and he notices some graffiti on the stall mm-hmm. uh, next to him and inside of that graffiti it's like a kind of i almost hate to use it this early but kind of a cthulhu-esque monster right with at the center of it is a glory hole yes and what happens from there a disembodied voice from the stall next to him starts carrying on a conversation and at that point all starts to become revealed. Mm. Well, tell me how you felt about this movie after you watched it. Had you seen it before? No, and- I just have. Again, it was just one of those things the other day. I just was like, you know what? I was looking on Shutter for something to watch. I was like, I still haven't watched that McKendry movie. Let me check it out because it it seemed like an interesting concept. I wrote, you know, really love uh, Ryan Quantin. You know the. True Blood and yeah, yeah, Mr. Jason Stackhouse and um, a player of Joe Lynch films and stuff. So mm. I always really like Ryan Quantin. He he popped up in Creep Show a couple years ago too. I think. That was a Joe episode. Lynch episode. Was it really? Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, he's worked with Joe Lynch a couple times. And then the disembodied voice that you mentioned is played by J.K. Simmons. Absolutely, he who does a terrific job. I thought. Yeah, to um, be just the voice. Yeah, yeah. he does. A, he's awesome. How'd you feel about it when you when you finally got around to it, when you watched it? What's your overall assessment? I really dug it. I really love that concept of these types of films where you are a filmmaker who 
put yourself in the corner of having basically just one location and how do you make a movie out of that? Mm. And sometimes it fails a whole lot, but then I think in something like this, I think it succeeds in making an enjoyable, interesting movie. I've always, I've always dug that type of tone. I'd say, you know, probably the most impressive is buried Mm. with Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Because that's literally just him in a box. And it was very captivating movie, at least I thought so personally. So I always dig that. And so, yeah, I like this. I, I liked it a lot. How'd you feel? No, I like I liked it as well. Um, I do feel like... Feel a butt coming. Well, th- the thing is, I do feel like you need to go in knowing the basic premise. The, uh, you need to go in at least knowing that this is all pretty much set inside of a public toilet. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you just went into it wanting to watch a horror movie... I could see someone being a little frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's definitely not a traditional horror movie by any stretch. Right. Yeah, you're not getting a ton of like blood and guts and yeah. all that in this. And the deliberately, the locations are very sparse. I mean, a solid, what, maybe 90% is in this bathroom? Mm-hmm. I mean, you maybe You have even like more. the beginning, you have like a scene when he's on the highway. Right. Then when he's outside the rest stop. And that's basically it. The rest of it's in this bathroom. I mean, and, you know, without spoilers, there are it's interlaced with a few flashbacks and dream sequences yeah, and true. stuff like that. But nothing that pronounced, and those are very brief and sparse. So it, it is. And the, there's a few elements of him being in like Stranger Things style, upside down, <laughs> sure, you know, moments sure. where it's just a black void. But even yeah, even again, like you said, that's just so very minute. Compared to the overall movie. And a really wise choice by the filmmakers, and to me, is that they made this thing 79 minutes. For sure. I mean, if this thing was two hours, I, I think it would stretch the, the line a little. You know what I mean? If you, oh, if you yeah. really tried to stretch this out and try to really you know, bring out more of the... If this had been two hours, I'd stop listening to her podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that part is expertly done. Yeah, to, for sure. to me, the editing is, is very tight, and the storytelling is really tight. There's not much fat on this, which is pretty remarkable for the premise. Yeah, I mean, you know that that's it's a lot of thoughtful talent on display to me. Yeah, a lot of for skill. to be a, a movie that's all set in one location, the story moves pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and some of it breaks some rules because, you know, one of the old school screenwriting rules is show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. But because we have a disembodied voice kind of at the center of this, a lot of it does have to be told we to us. We got a lot of telling. Yeah, but yeah. they do a great job editing it together. There's great voice performance from J.K. Simmons. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of really good reaction and acting from Wes. I forget the Ryan actor's Quentin. name. Yeah, like... Yeah. Like his reactions and everything, I think are, so, are really well played against it. I, I would love to know some of the production if, because I'm assuming J.K. Simmons wasn't anywhere to be found that he recorded this in a totally different location. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious who was reading the lines to him because whoever that person is probably needs some credit because he does a great job playing off of someone. It, to to me, unless. Like, they literally just tell him, like, hey, this is what he's going to be saying. Remember the script. And, you know what I mean? I kind, of, I kind of wonder the alchemy of the filmmaking sometimes. Yeah, I get that, too. Because, yeah, on on that same train of thought, what was it 
as far as uh, Quantin's performance was, you know, did he get to hear J.K. Simmons or was just someone offhand reading him or, yeah, to That's, give his performance? I, w- I almost wonder if J.K. Simmons recorded it first and yeah. they just literally played it for him and he could react. I mean, in an ideal world, that's what you do, but I don't know. I don't know yeah. which came first, chicken or the egg type of situation. <laughs> Gosh, anything else you would say about it before we get into the the nuts and bolts of the story? Or I don't think so. I think we can dive right in. Yeah. Dive right into the glory hole. This is available on Shudder, mm-hmm. um, so no excuse not to watch it. I think we're both recommending it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. I did have one question for you. Yes. Have you ever seen a glory hole in real life? Never. Not once. I haven't either. Uh-uh. And I feel like I've been, you know, not to reveal too much about myself. I think I feel like I've been to pretty scuzzy places. I've lived in a yeah. lot of big cities and been to a lot of public bathrooms and dive bars and rest stop. Desperately like all those looking things. for a glory hole. And just thinking, <laughs> hey, man, where's my glory hole? And never found one. Yeah, no, so, never not once. Just the concept of that. How difficult would it be to saw through one of those partitions? Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. That that there is someone really dedicated. Yeah. To the concept. Because aren't those like <laughs> usually like metal or something like that? Oh, maybe that's part of. Maybe that's why modern ones are metal maybe. or harder materials. Yeah, maybe, maybe they, they were realized, maybe like cardboard you know, before. <laughs> uh, maybe a little easier. I don't know. But yeah, no, never. N- not once have I ever seen one. I've seen some really interesting graffiti oh, or, or sure. you know, things yeah. written and stuff like that. Or, you know, so-and-so calling for a good time. Absolutely, but, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, never a glory And hole. some exquisite penis drawings and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I've seen stuff like that, yeah. but just never straight up Real a Real veiny ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, much to my chagrin, never seen a glory hole in real life. That's what um, I know that Wes is puking his guts out. And boy, is he hugging on that fucking dirty yeah. ass toilet. It's, it's, th- that's something that, and I know it was a deliberate choice by the filmmakers, but uh, yeah, he, he is all over that d- filthy toilet. And then when he gets up to wash his hands, inexplicably, he uses the dispenser that has no soap in it. There's another one right next to Full him. Full of has, soap. Yeah. On the working <laughs> sink, no less. Because yes. there's one sink that doesn't work and another sink that does. The one that does work has a full soap dispenser. For sure. And I feel like that's a deliberate choice. Yeah. If they were like, don't use that one because it'll don't. it'll irritate whoever's watching this will be like, oh my God, why is he not using the real soap? Because he never be. washes his hands nope. the whole movie, mm-hmm. even though he is just, I mean, he is up in it and a lot of interesting things. Cracks and crevices of yes. this bathroom. Yes, yes. Yeah. Really yeah. into the grout. And very early on, J.K. Simmons... Uh, the the disembodied voice you want to hold your tongue and try to pronounce it yeah t- tell us tell us <laughs> I how don't, i don't yeah you're supposed to hold your tongue and say <laughs> i forget the words you're supposed to say it's like uh got another one i yeah, think yeah yeah I'm supposed to got another one this, because very early on this character explain gives a little idea of what he is he's not just an ordinary person sitting in this stall there's something bigger to him and the illustration on the stall probably hints at what he actually looks like because it's a very classical Cthulhu style monster, H.P. Lovecraft style monster. Yeah, and, unimaginable creature. Right, right. Yeah. And apparently in the lore of the Cthulhu mythos, which I'm probably pronouncing all this stuff wrong, 
this character that J.K. Simmons plays is the son of Cthulhu. Right. Like that's a very classic yeah. in the expanded, you know, universe of the mythos. But what, so what, we can just call him Gut. That's what uh, Wes ends up yeah. calling him. Yeah, that's what he calls him. Just Gut. Uh, so what what is Gott all about, Adam? Tell, tell us. He basically, like, what his backstory is, is that he was created basically to destroy the world mm. and has been hid away by his brothers and sisters to protect the universe. And now it seems like, because Daddy was... Uh, Basically, I guess imprisoned, and now he's out and searching for God to destroy everything. In in the meantime, while God is disembodied or not corporal or whatever, he's fallen in love with humanity. Yes, right over yeah. the eons, he's he wants to save humanity and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be an instrument of destruction. But for some reason, he needs something in order to. Uh, Only Wes can s- s- give it to him and right. save. The universe. Yes. And during this spiel, when when Gott is really getting into the specifics, I thought there was some great editing where Wes needs to use the restroom. Oh, the, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the piss break. <laughs> yes, it was kind of nice, nice, nice little comedic beats yeah. and a good way to break up nothing but dialogue. Right. I mean, it almost felt like a Marvel movie dump. You know, there's mm-hmm. almost always a section where they explain some lore and complete with like illustrations uh, in this movie, like the you see kind of like graffiti come to life and mm-hmm. sort of explain a little bit of the backstory. And it's really, I mean, it's well done, but I thought the comedic beats were genius to kind of break it up and, <laughs> yeah. and make it not where your just eyes glaze over, and, right. you know, but yeah, like, cause no matter, I mean, if there's a lot of dialogue, no matter if it's expertly delivered, it's, it can be easy, especially when you don't have a face to mm-hmm. see it can, you can really glaze over pretty easily. So it's just to have those quick cuts of, like, humor really worked well. Most of the rest of the movie is essentially the psychology of trying to convince Wes that he has to make this ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. to to save humanity and really convincing him that this is a real thing and not some kind of strange hallucination because, I mean, at the beginning when he's denying all this stuff, when Wes is resisting the idea, he's like, you're a regular person, you've drugged me. Yeah, and I'm just And I'm hallucinating. Balls. And, you know, like, so there's a lot of, like, denial. Um, there's a couple of little complications along the way, which I don't know how much we want to get into, just in case. Because this is a newer movie, so yeah. I don't know if I want to break, just totally dispel everything, you know, Yeah, top we don't have to hit everything beat by beat, yeah. I don't think. I thought there was... Well, uh, yeah, I don't think this is given too much away. When he um, is revealing to Wes that he has to satisfy him. Oh, yes. This is and great. so there's this whole whole scene where Wes is trying to psych himself up. Just like, come on, you can do this. Come on. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. All right, I can do it. And he's like, all right, fuck it. And he just runs over there, drops his pants, and sticks his dick in the glory yeah. hole. And J.K. Simmons is just like, what? What the fuck is that? <laughs> is that your penis? <laughs> Why would you think you? I need your penis? <laughs> that was pretty good. But it was funny to me because I was like, when he's sitting there psyching himself up, I don't know what it says about me. I thought he had to suck 
the dick of oh, God's character. Yeah, like, yeah. just, and I, cause he's like sitting there trying to psych himself up so much that I was like, oh, he's got to suck this, like, probably gargantuan, like, undulating, like, corporeal, like, right, penis. Right, right. Yeah. But no, he goes and sticks his dick in. I was like, oh, damn, what does it say about me that I thought he had a suck a dick? Does it ever explain at all? And it doesn't have to. But why is Gott in a public bathroom stall? Why is that the place he is confined to to explain this to someone? And I think I don't think that you, I don't think there's any reason for it except for maybe the simplicity that he can be hidden in the yeah. stall. I mean, again, it doesn't need to explain it at yeah, all. Yeah. But but it's it's really funny that uh, Gott is totally taken aback by the idea that Wes would stick his stick cock it, in the yeah, glory hole. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, you were in a stall, the glory hole. I mean, you're sitting there talking about you need to be satisfied right. and shit. So it's almost kind of like he led him to that moment just to like humiliate him a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, the, the sacrifice ends up being pretty gnarly. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, he has to cut out part of his liver yeah. and, and give it uh, to God. And it's funny because God even points it out because Wes is like really like struggling with this idea. He's like, you want me to cut myself open and like Mm. rip out part of a vital organ. And God is like, listen, a second ago you were sticking your cock into this thing ready to give it to me. So why is it this big of a leap that, you know, that you'd have to do this other thing, but. It's like, well, I wasn't going to give you my cock. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty great. So yeah, I think the movie does a really great job of kind of you almost insert yourself into Wes's place and you start to think, you know, would I be capable of doing this? You know what I mean? If, if, would I be convinced enough and would I be strong enough to go through with this in, in, with the idea of saving humanity? Yeah. Um, Obviously Wes sees more things than what we're alluding to that convince him or maybe don't convince him, whatever. But just having a person, like a voice telling you these things, would it be enough, you know? Gosh, I kind of want to talk about the spoilers because there's there's we a couple can, of turns. We can get into it. Um, but I guess, I guess from this point forward, if you haven't seen the movie and in anything we say make you interested, go watch it before listening to anything else because yeah. we're going to get heavy spoilers now. This, this is definitely big time spoiler zone because I feel like I need to talk about some of the turns to, to really stick the landing for this movie and talk yeah. about how, why I liked it so much because I'll be honest when I first started watching it, I kind of started to cross my arms a little bit and here's why because Wes reads to me as like a 40 year old man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like a mature man. And I was struggling with the idea that he would be bothered this much by breaking up with a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, I mean, cause he is just, He's driving, drinking whiskey while he's driving. He has all this these artifacts of her, and he burns all of them. It just seems so. It seemed really melodramatic to me that a grown man would feel that way about a girlfriend. Like, and again, they didn't give us in retrospect as wise. They didn't give us that much yeah. to work with. But as the story plays out, you get more about what's going on here and mm-hmm. why he might be burning all this stuff. And why it might be so traumatic for him and everything. And then when that turn happens, I was like, oh, shit. Like, 
it all checks out now. Like yeah. it all, it all really makes sense now. Cause I, at a certain point I was like, well, everybody deals with things differently and I shouldn't be projecting myself on right. this character. Could just be arrested development. Yeah. The saying ne- this guy never really matured past yeah. 20 or he, whatnot. He's, he's like a super sensitive guy and breaking up with his girlfriend is, is, you know, so traumatic that he's willing to endanger other people, you know, yeah. like by drinking an entire bottle of whiskey and, you know, being in public without his pants and you know what I mean? Really self-destructive behavior, which to me reads again as like, you know, 1920, like a very, very young man or whatever. I mean, I knew, I knew a little bit of the setup of the movie. So I was just like, let's get in the bathroom. Right. So I I didn't think too much about it at first. Well, as it unfolds, how do you feel about some of the revelations about Wes? Because he becomes a much different. He goes from every man to something very different. Yeah. As the movie progresses. Yeah. There's there's a point and turn where before it, I didn't really see that it coming. Yeah. But I I can't pinpoint exactly where it was where I'm like, oh, this is what's going to be revealed, that he's kind of a nefarious, right, right, guy that's done something really bad yeah but at, at, at first it just kind of seems like a bad breakup or whatever that there, there was i guess there was had to be some moment in like a flashback or something that kind of revealed a little too much maybe and you're like oh okay he's he's something else there's, yeah. there's something else going on yeah and i mean he clearly cares for this woman uh so much so that there's a moment where got erases his memory you know yes. basically to show if you don't go through with this this is what's going to happen to all humanity they're all just going to be wiped out mm-hmm. and it's like we never existed so he erases wes's memory where there's a pretty dramatic scene where you know he, he's recalling something and his ex has no face it's yeah. like really disturbing and you know he basically begs got to, to give him back his memories and so he does care for this person however ultimate spoiler mm-hmm he killed her. Yeah. That's, that's the big revelation is that she, you know, all these pictures that he has, he's done this before for, I don't know. It doesn't quite spell it out. I don't know if these are all women he's had relationships with, but he's killed before. And she, and the current girlfriend discovers this. He, yeah. She discovers a stash of pictures. Right. That Cause look, in the effigy that he's burning at the beginning, we see him throwing pictures, right. but we don't see any of them. Right. The last picture we see is a picture of her, so we just assume they were a couple photos. Exactly. But then it's revealed at the end that, no, he was burning pictures of victims right. that he had, that she had discovered. So it, it's like a combination of he wants to get rid of past evidence because he realizes it's probably not the best idea to have all the stuff around, but also the, the, the trauma of he did kill someone that he actually liked. You yeah. Know? He, was, he was forced to kill her. Because she, you know, discovered a secret or whatever. So it's a much more dramatic thing than what it seemed to be at the, at the outset where you just think it's a breakup. But no, the reality is, is he's killed a bunch of people or several people and her as well, his girlfriend as well. So that's why it's such a big deal. And it completely changes the movie at that yeah, point. Yeah, the whole dynamic of it, it right. shifts and how we feel about him and... Just where his mindset comes from, I, you know what? I, I know the I know the whole pinpoint of where you go from. Oh, this is just a breakup. To wait, no, there's something else. Is when the one guy, what's his name, Gary? Yes, yes. The the maintenance the maintenance or, guy. He's like the property manager. Yeah, yeah. 
makes his way into the bathroom and says he's going to call the cops. And Wes is like, yes, call him. And God's like, you sure in your situation you want to do that? And then Wes like, wait, no, hold on. Hold on. Right, so, right. And then you're like, oh, he did something really bad. Yeah. Good point. You might not necessarily know that he was a killer, but you're like, he did something really bad. Yeah. Well, and it becomes more apparent, you know, that Gott and Wes are kind of, they have a lot more in common than what was implied in the beginning. Because in yeah. the beginning, it almost feels like, so just some random person had to come into this stall and right. sacrifice himself. Why couldn't it have been anybody, you know, because there was a trucker that was there earlier and it kind of feels like couldn't this God have manifested to her or, you know. But uh, although she seemed like she was going to play a bigger part in it, yeah, but it ended up not. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. She she had some very like ominous, like sage like yeah, sage like living advice. on the road. Yeah, yeah. And you're just um, like is she, she's going to come back into play, isn't she? <laughs> but no, she don't. I'm sure there was some type of motif to her character, but you know didn't need to be carried further. Well, it, that went over my head. When someone is like a scholar of of horror and whatnot, there probably is a lot of subtext yeah. that you're going to miss the first time you watch right. it. Yeah. It becomes apparent that Gott needs Wes because he is an like a weapon of destruction sort of yeah they're both know. weapons of destruction yeah, he's what kind of how he puts it to wes and uh I, I loved how it punches out i mean this is ultimate spoiler but wes does go through with it he, he you know he, he he rips into his himself pulls out this liver and, and it's very traumatic which and, even that has a little funny beat to it where he goes to seven <laughs> he, oh yeah simmons is like it's the other side. And you're like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, okay. he's working himself up. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And, you know, uh, that, was, that was wonderful. And uh, but, but when he goes through with it, you know, and, and God is like, you know, you did it. You saved you saved the universe, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a beat where Wes is like, so I'm a hero. Like, I, I, I'm a <laughs> yeah. hero, you know. And he's like, no, no, <laughs> nobody. You're forgotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to mean nothing to no one. Right. No one's going to know about you. And that, Which and then, is the perfect thing for his character. Sure, sure. And, and the same for God. I mean, I think that's, you know, this tragedy of this character that was birthed literally to destroy humanity and destroy the world or whatever and rebelled against it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of his perpetual uh, sacrifice is no one can ever know about him. Because yeah. if they did, then there are probably all kinds of nefarious elements trying to bring them into existence to make sure, you know, the world did end and everything. It's very tragic for, you know, this kind of silly premise. I mean, on paper, it sounds very funny, you know, basically a guy encounters this huge God in a bathroom stall and has, you know, tug of war with him. (laughs) It's very silly, but it punches out. I feel like in a pretty substantial way, Mm -hmm. you know, where it kind of makes you think a little bit about, you know, what it takes to be a human and what sacrifices and what's important. Um, I did think sometimes when Gott was talking about how beautiful the world was and how all that stuff, I was kind of like, oh, Gott has a very distorted view of humanity because <laughs> we do a lot of horrible things to each other and, and animals definitely do a lot of horrible I things think, to each other. And Well, even, even Wes has a distorted view on the opposite end. It right. kind of seems like they both... There is no nuance. It's one way or the other for both of them. Yeah. Because West has this whole thing where he's just talking about, why would I want to save humanity? We're awful. There's nothing good here. And he goes into this whole thing about how his father 
acted like he was doing a kindness to his family to work and, you know, slave away all day, sort of, and provide, but then he used it to a, as a way to abuse his mother and all this. Sure. So... You know, we didn't talk about the special effects because uh, yeah, we yeah. were kind of dancing around it before. There, there is some really solid visual yeah. effects in this movie. There's some really great stuff in uh, here. You know, if you're thinking of cosmic horror and, you know, just the expanse of the universe, like mm-hmm. they do a great job, again, within a bathroom stall of, right. of kind of illustrating these things. I was really ingenious. impressed with like the f- physical effects they had, just like of blood and guts, but mm-hmm. then of like all the... I guess CGI and stuff that they used sure. to. It was really impressive for, I mean, it couldn't have been a huge budget no, movie. No. So yeah, I mean, it, all that stuff really impressed me and shocked me sometimes when it started to really play out. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I, I didn't expect, I thought there'd be like a couple of like trauma-esque tentacles and yeah. stuff like that, you know, yeah. but they went, they went for it. I mean, it, it's almost like beautiful sometimes. It was, Some yeah, of the effects. For Again, sure. I can't, I can't help but say it. Again, like in a bathroom stall. Right. You know what I mean? You're seeing all these really amazing visuals. I think I'm ready to grade it if you're good to go. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first. I was pleasantly surprised by this. I'm glad you liked yeah, it. Yeah, no, I really did like it. Uh, and I'm almost glad that I had that like impulse to kind of cross my arms in the beginning. Because yeah. when it really plays out, I was like, oh, shit. Like it was, it hit me pretty hard when, when there was that character turn. Um, so I'm going to give it d- primo direction, great special effects, great performances, cool script, this tight editing. I'm going to give it a solid A. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to give it a solid A too. Yeah. I thought, like you said, every I, I will go with everything you just said as far as the directing and all that and just the impressiveness of having a storyline play out in one single location and it not really ever drag too much or anything. Yeah. So yeah, it was impressive. I'll give it an A. Nice. Well, hopefully you already checked it out, but our overall grade is an A, so the Holler Kings say check it out. Check it out. Maybe revisit it. I think I'll eventually get around to watching it again, because I, I think I've missed stuff. I was know? almost going to watch it again before we did this, but I just didn't have time. I definitely will revisit yeah. this. On every episode of the Holler Kings... We have a segment entitled Holler at Your Boys. Holler at Your Boys, y'all. In which we, the Holler Kings, tell you, our listeners slash viewers, things... Whatever the fuck we want to Yeah, it's open topic. That's all it is. It's an open topic. And I sagely thought... Mm -hmm. We should talk about and acknowledge that it's been a year since we been started a the Holler Kings. Fucking year, baby. Yeah, it flew by. Obviously, yeah. I pitched the idea to you. I was like, you know, I feel like Half Ass Horrorcast. One of the reasons we've never really taken off is because we we're so sporadic with how we drop episodes, and we we're not in people's feeds enough, and that's one of the reasons it's never really taken off. And maybe Holler Kings it could be a way to sort of keep us in people's feeds. And make it where, you know, at least every month we have new content. And then we recorded that pilot episode about Jingle All the Way, <laughs> you know, just to see how it would go, I about guess. About what? 
Not Jingle All the Way. Oh, about Santa uh, Slay. Santa Slay. I was like, Ronald <laughs> uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's in the ether. No, Santa Slay, uh, which had the most sparse connection to but southernness. We did, yeah, we did that one, and we did Tennessee Gothic. Tennessee Gothic yeah. was our first official episode. Yeah, I think we recorded yeah. those. I think on the same day. I think we did. Yeah. yeah. That immediately set a pattern for us to record two at a time. We we've almost always much, done that. Yeah. And that made it where this succeeded beyond my expectations, where we're dropping pretty much two a month pretty Roughly, consistently. Yeah. And then obviously some months we had one every week, uh, or one month. <laughs> so, sorry again about all the Bell Witch. When talk. we when we <laughs> suffered through the Bell Witch, but uh still it was a nice accomplishment. And I just wanted to acknowledge it, that it has officially been a year, and we've had 20-plus episodes, I guess. I don't really know off the top of my head how many. Yeah, I don't Actually, know how many exactly it I'll is. I'll look that up real quick. Yeah, this will be episode 26 of The Holler King, so we've had a little more than, you know, a that's couple a, of months. That's quite a bit for yeah. a year. Yeah, it's just, uh, I've, I've really loved... The rhythm of it, I've loved... Oh, that sounds weird. No, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just... I, I, I like the consistency, I guess is what I'm right, trying to say. Yeah. Like, being on a tight schedule like this. And, um, like, I feel like like I've leveled up in a lot of ways. Just doing the whole podcasting thing and then starting to do the videos, which we kind of started kind of halfway through the year. Yeah. Yeah, we. I still need to, at some point get go back and do like the other episodes yeah there's like a few the early ones yeah, yeah. Uh, because obviously in the beginning we didn't know how far we take it so we didn't have an official theme song uh you know so we got those and i feel like that really made it feel like oh we're like a real podcast because yeah. we have this like theme and you know i got someone to make a thumbnail for us so we have like a little logo logo and everything and you really went all out with getting like a like I've I've just been like I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like I I feel like until like, the videos. Anyways, I was about yeah. to say like once we really got rolling and you took over the videos and made that your thing and to me the YouTube channel is like the real home of it and the thing I'd like to see kind of blow up not blow up expand you know what i mean and get and take a little bit more of a foothold um, like subscribe and comment guys <laughs> yes yes well if, and then if you just only listen to this in the podcast feed you know check out the youtube channel because yeah. a lot of work goes into it and i feel like that's like the premier way to consume it you mm-hmm. know uh, but there again i know it's harder to sit and watch you yeah. know, an hour plus yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and th- that's kind of the type i, I try to make the videos be something visually you can watch if you want to, but it's not necessary right, to right. watch and to be able to enjoy and listen to the podcast. For sure. And I, I think you do a great job. And that, that's another thing where I feel like I've seen it kind of level up as, mm-hmm. as the year progressed. You know what I mean? Like it started as one thing and then now it's a pretty well-oiled machine of, yeah. you, you know, you yeah. putting in the gags and... You I know. almost don't want to go back and watch like the first one. Just be like, what the fuck's this amateur <laughs> shit? <laughs> yeah, it'll be... Uh, at some point, we will go back and do the older ones or a version of the older ones, I guess. Um, but for now, I mean, we're just so busy with the new stuff. I don't know when we'll get yeah. that shot, you know. Yeah. Um, and we could just probably just use the old recordings and just get copyright strikes or whatever. You know what I mean? Could, just not yeah. worry about monet Because yeah. I'm not super worried about monetizing it anyway. Uh, you know, that's such a far off thing it feels like but we don't do this for the money guys well i mean literally don't (laughs) we literally don't i mean i think it's a great excuse to get together and just hang out and 
you know, like with this episode, discovering a movie I probably wouldn't have watched on my own. Yeah. I, I doubt I would have picked Glorious on my, uh, just out of nowhere to watch. So right. it's a Same cool way thing. Same way something like... Uh... Like when we did rituals with right. Gang Green, I, yeah. I like I'd heard, seen it, but it, on like Shutter and stuff, and had never thought to watch it. You yeah, know? same here. So I mean, just discovered a lot of things, revisited some stuff with a new lens, with like Deliverance and stuff right. like that. Yeah. So I've just had a lot of fun, and really appreciate everybody that listens and comments, and you know, let's lets us know movies they would like to see covered. All that stuff means a lot. So mm-hmm. just you know, thanks to everybody that. You know, is hung in there with us, and any anything you want to add to the uh, no. festivities? Um, do you do you have any like favorite episodes that we've done so far, like moments or anything like that? I mean, I, I gotta say, Squirm. I was gonna say, Squirm is the what pops into my head immediately. Yeah. Squirm. That was such a blast, and that was I think that I think that one really started setting a tone for us of yeah. like how we would, you know do it and just our back and forth and things like that well and that was a great example of i wasn't super into that movie and then we started talking about the end of it i was like actually i think i really liked this movie like i had so much fun talking about it and you pointed out some of the comedic beats that i think flew over my head a little bit Mm. and i mean i I think of that movie in a totally different context because of our conversation um and i don't know that i've laughed harder this year than when we were talking about the electrician, yeah, you know the end, the ending of that film where yeah. the characters are up in a tree and the electrician just ca- casually walks up to him. And he's like, "Everything's fine now. Everything's fine. You can just come on down." Like you know, and it's just, something that's so funny about that to me. I mean, and the way you put it, I'll probably drop it in here again. So they survive through the night in this tree. And then just some random guy walks up to them. He's like, uh, like I guess he works for like the electric company because he's like, power's back on. See y'all later. Yeah, he's like, well, I just wanted to let you all know that uh, I, I fixed the electricity. There ain't no problems no more. Talk to y'all later. Doesn't acknowledge why they're asleep in a tree. Yeah. Why half their house is gone from oh. another tree. He's just like, hey. Back on. See y'all later. You're right. He doesn't even. He doesn't. But yeah, that, and then also, strangely enough, the other electrician in uh, the Bell Witch oh, haunting. Oh yeah, the Bell. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I just I think about that almost every day. Just that performance, <laughs> and just how weird it was in the context of this like bad asylum movie. This this guy swinging for the fences as a, an electrician that gets electrocuted. Uh, <laughs> it's, it left such an impression on me that I've used it every episode since to introduce Holler at Your Boys. But yeah, uh, th- those to me are the two standout moments. What about for you, a movie you discovered? I know you kind of hinted at it already with Rituals. Yeah. But did you feel like you made any big discoveries because of the show? Um, I'm trying to think of all the episodes we've done. Mm. Uh, Rituals is the one that sent, like comes up in Southern Comfort as another one. Yeah. That yeah. I was really very just minutely aware of. And uh, so to find that and even even stuff that I was aware of that I probably wouldn't have bothered watching any, at least anytime soon, like the Wrong Turn remake. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, th- there's been a ton of stuff that I've kind of just, I don't think I would have gotten to without the podcast. That's the thing that you brought to the table for me was the Chad Crawford Kinkle. Yeah films, because I don't, again, I just don't think I have the patience to dig around and look for those 
you know, the more under the radar indie films and everything. And again, I, I feel like I don't appreciate, or in the beginning, I didn't appreciate lower budget films like that. Like I kind of was a little snooty about them, I guess. And you kind of opened my eyes about those films because I think I ended up really appreciating them. And when we get into these kind of smaller productions and things, I think I have a better idea of how to watch them. I don't know if that mm. makes sense, but uh, yeah. Like, do you think something like glorious just now may have suffered right. if we hadn't done stuff like jug face and things like that and hundred more indie stuff? hundred percent. Like, I, like I feel like the me of a year or two ago wouldn't have appreciated glorious for what it was. But now that I've kind of had that buffer of, you know, you see kind of the artistry that's involved with these lower budget films. I mean, in, in the case of Jugface, I mean, that's borderline micro-budget. I mean, it's like yeah. really, really, yeah. you know, I, I, I bet Glorious had a little bit more to work with budget-wise. Maybe not, though. I mean, they may have been pretty close, but... It probably also helped who she is. I mean, I mean she's been doing podcasts for better going on, like... I mean, because she started with uh, Colors... Uh, not Colors, that's the one now... Killer POV, mm-hmm. like way back when, and you know she's a professor and she lives out there. She on was it. on Shockwaves too, right? Yeah, Wasn't yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was this basically the same group from yeah. uh, Killer POV, Shockwaves to now Colors of the Dark. The El- Elric Kane and Rebecca McKendry, they've been on all three of those together, uh, and then she lives out there in you know the area of california so she i mean it's probably a lot easier for her to like call in favors and be like hey you know can you help me with this but yeah i mean i just i feel like it's kind of weirdly broadened my horizons even though we're doing a very 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 specific you know lane of horror or whatever that's i think that's one thing that's really broadened my thought process is when you first said hey let's do a southern podcast i was like Okay, but I don't know how much we're going to be able to choose from. There are a ton of like movies in this vein that I mean, we got some coming like I got a huge list just we got tons coming up of just I thought I thought we were really going to be struggling for movies to choose. And I mean, occasionally like in the case of Glorious, we we grandfather in something that's not especially horror. Yeah. But for the most part, they're Or you all- mean not southern? <sighs> fucking a man yeah no yeah with something like glorious glorious it's not specifically southern uh but it was technically shot in mississippi so it's kind of easy to technically rope in something but i mean a good 80 percent, maybe 90 percent, are straight up southern horror you know what i mean like they're set in the south about southerners um and there's yeah like you said there's this uh really deep bench to pull from i feel we like still got a huge list and we haven't even come close to touching stuff like texas chainsaw or evil dead a phantasm yeah texas yeah yeah I so, so. I, you know what i mean like there's all there's hallmarks that we haven't even gotten into which honestly i think it's kind of cool that we're getting our uh sea legs before we get into some of those deeper cut or not yeah. deeper cuts the shallow cuts yeah the that everyone knows about ones, yeah. yeah i mean we're, we've kind of avoided those um and it's we, been easy to that's well, a thing that surprised me. That's what, like, uh, several people that I know, or just people in general, have said, you know, when are you going to do, like, uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane? You know, like, like people were kind of bringing those up. And I was like, those are, like, the most obvious. Like, I definitely want to talk about them at some point. But I kind of like that we're doing slightly more off the beaten path. Although mm-hmm. we did do Deliverance, which is a pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. That I brought that one. 
<laughs> I think I feel like that's also part of the alchemy is I bring the obvious ones and you bring the more obscure ones. <laughs> but you know, whatever. I mean, looking at you, altered. <laughs> Oh, another oh. great episode, uh, 2000 Maniacs. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, another yeah. really good one. Th- that that w- felt like was really, really just kind of has the tone of what we kind of b- bring to this, you know. That that was another one where like the first 20 minutes, I was like, fuck this movie. And then, and then yeah. the more I got into it, the more I was like, actually, this is like really charming in a weird way. Yeah. You know, I think I really love it. I so. was really, I was really excited and impressed with like yeah. how much you ended up digging it. I was not <laughs> sure what you were going to think about it. But even and again, you, y'all can go listen to that episode if yeah. you haven't. Yeah. It's a great one. So yeah, th- I think that's our top cuts. If you, if you want to, if you're joining us late and you haven't listened to some of the previous episodes, uh, Squirm, 2000 Maniacs. I would definitely recommend the D- Dr. Gangrene episode. Cause, rituals, yeah. Yeah, Rituals is an interesting movie. Oh, yeah, and my personal favorite was uh, King Kong Lives. Uh, I that, thought that, that was a fun was one, one to talk that, about. Yeah, it was really great yeah. and one that I had not even come close to watching. So. Cool guest with that one with yeah. uh, Four Sanders. Yeah. Graciously uh, coming out to Casa Holler Kings. And his amazing velvety voice putting ours to shame (laughs) yeah for real but again thank you guys for listening and join us next time the next film will be pearl boom there you go once again several weeks late but that's how we did x so that's how we do around here absolutely we're just like the south we are Mm. uh, late on everything we take things at a different pace We're like molasses, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But until next time, y'all come back now, you hear? Oh. I thought he had to suck the dick 